Welcome to MLR Kickoff, Episode 12, with your hosts, Dan Power and Pete Steinberg. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Episode 12. Dan Power here with you alongside my compatriot, Pete Steinberg. Pete, we're recording a little later this week as you are under the weather. And as always, we kick off with a travel tip. Are you a little under the weather because you didn't follow one of your golden travel tips, or is this something that snuck up on you? Well, you know, um, Penelope turned two uh, last Friday, and of course, anything that Penelope gets, I get. And uh, I did have a trip this week, and I was in, uh, I was at Carnegie Mellon for a day on Tuesday, and then uh, up at Smucker's on Wednesday, and pretty much managed to dayquil my way through those two days. But by the time we got to yesterday, Dan, my voice is already hoarse here. I'm drinking my um, Echinacea tea, trying to get through this podcast. But yeah, it was. It was pretty rough, but I, I, I have a travel tip. This is a very specific travel tip. Um, it's a Denver airport travel tip, Dan, one you might be able to use. So <clears throat> Denver airport's security can be a little crazy. You can get there, and even TSA pre-check can be a 15-minute wait. And for those, those of us that travel, 15 minutes is a long time. But there's a secret security gate. Not really secret, but it's not well publicized. It's called the bridge. It takes you to the A-gates. And if you walk up there and you have, and you are a um, premium passenger, so you have some status, there is never a line up there along the premium status. And they do sometimes have TSA pre-check and they'll just let you go over to the pre-check line. So specific to Denver, but you know, with the uh, Glendale Raptors here, hopefully there'll be some people flying in for the games and then flying out and uh, they'll know if the queue is long, go up to the bridge security gate. Well, two things. Penelope is probably the cutest Petri dish in the world, your two-year-old daughter. And the second thing, I cannot believe you just gave up the A-gate secret. It's one of my most precious. When uh, the main gates are busy, I'll run over that bridge. And now if uh, I travel next week and that bridge is full, I'm going to be coming for you, Pete Steinberg. <laughs> well, it's just between us and uh, Major League Rugby fans, I think. Um, you know, the first season was a success, but I don't think we're quite at the point that Major League Rugby can create traffic jams and um, lines at security. But hopefully we'll be there in a few years. Yeah, year three, I'm sure we'll be there. Well, we've got to focus on year two first, Pete. And as the weather gets cooler here, the teams are certainly getting hotter with their announcements and signings. And I'm going to throw it over to you because you've got your finger on the pulse with all the action. And it's been a very busy fortnight for all the teams in Major League Rugby, Pete. It is. And it's been really interesting to see teams have different strategies on how they pull their team together. And one of the most active teams recently has been Nola Gold. And in particular, they've really gone after some of the top All-Americans that have come out of the collegiate game last summer. And so they uh, they have four All-Americans and they've actually covered all four teams that are in the D1A. So they have Malcolm May from Penn State. They have, um, who's a back row. Uh, they have Kevin Sullivan from Cal. Matt Harmon from Life. They are both props. And then Nick Feeks, who's the fly half from Lindenwood, which might tell you something about what they're going to do with JP Eloff, maybe looking to move him back to fullback. So really interesting that they've gone out and they've gone young and they've looked for these really dynamic players. I know Malcolm May quite well because of my association with Penn State. Um, phenomenal athlete, um, you know, star football player in high school that ended up, I mean, I think he was at St. Ignatius in Chicago, um, but decided to um, play rugby. And now he's going to be a professional. 
Um, one of the things I'll just say about Malcolm, you know, his time at Penn State was, um, I think, quite difficult. I think he may have had um, four coaches in his four years there. Hopefully with Justin Hunley, there's some stability. But um, I actually worked with Malcolm directly when he was one of the captains and one of those coaching transitions. And I think Nola Gold not only have a great athlete, but they also have um, a really great leader. So that's going to be really exciting. Well, you add some more international flavor into that too, Pete, with Kyle Bailey and also Con Foley out of the Australian Sevens program. And I tell you, New Orleans, your team, they are definitely putting pen to paper for a big year too down there on Bourbon Street. I'm sure they'll be partying a little harder than usual once their team starts getting some uh, checks in the W column. But that's not all the action, Pete. Also, we get some more news out of Houston, Seattle, uh, the Free Jacks get moving as well with the trial game and also Austin Elite making some announcements too. Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting. You know, we talked about the the different um, approaches to the offseason. So the Seawolves, completely the opposite. No new signings. They've signed all their, their top players like Mac and Suniola and Shermer and Rasalika. Like, like every, you know, Brock Staller today, every day they're re-signing their top players, but no new signings. They're looking to keep that team together. I know... Um, one of the owners, Adrian Balfour, came out and said, hey, we've got four international signings on their way. They said two were from New Zealand and the Mitre 10 is actually finishing up this weekend. So I expect that's the um, the second tier professional competition in New Zealand. Um, so we'll probably see some more signings from there. But it's just interesting to see NOLA go out and get a lot of new blood and Seawolves looking to hold it together. Although probably not that surprising when you consider um, how those two teams ended up last year. Um, Austin Elite have also been very active. Um, interesting story with, with the Elite is that they um, have brought the Larson brothers, who are um, Canadian brothers, although they were born in British Columbia, grew up in New Zealand. And even though they're three years apart from each other, they've never played together. Um, Travis is a prop that has been in, sorry, is a back row that has been in the Canadian squad that hasn't been capped. And Josh Larson is playing in the position, which I think might be scarcest in the Major League, Dan, and that is Locke, and he has nine caps. So lots of activity there with the Austin elite. Yeah, good to see Austin getting in. And then uh, a late one this afternoon came through from Rooney. I think a very popular choice uh, with American rugby fans to that signing, Pete. Absolutely. I mean, Mike Petrie just signed. Um, you know, you you and I both know Mike very well. You played with him. Um, I coached him. And uh, there's, you know, not a stronger competitor. What I always say about Mike, he's my example to young players when I um, when I talk to them about what they can do. Mike is not the best athlete. Um, he's a little bit undersized. He's a little slow, but he outworks absolutely everyone else. And it's great to see him be able to um, finish finish his career playing for his hometown um, in Major League Rugby. Yeah, you know, I agree with you 100%, Pete. If effort was a wet towel, Mike Petrie rings that thing dry 80 minutes every game, every week. It's incredible how competitive he is on the field, at training, uh, a great leader and a welcome addition. I actually saw 
a little bit of a, an exchange between Marcus Walsh and Summer, who is the, the scrum half. And you imagine will be the starting scrum half for Rooney, but just uh, putting his hand up saying, you know what, I can play a little lock as well. Throw me in there now that I've signed Petri. So a good little bit of banter from the Rooney boys as they continue to build up for uh, what promising to be a, a very, very uh, good inaugural season out there in the Empire State. That's not all that's happening. Uh, locally for us, Pete, we have seen a first of sorts where worlds have collided for the long time in U.S. sports. The Combine, uh, in particular in the NFL, has been uh, – it's gone from a testing ground to almost a spectacle. It, it's become an event uh, with the NFL. And World Rugby put on their first ever Combine here at Glendale in Colorado, old Rugby Town USA, playing host, putting their hands up, doing another great job. Um, as players from all over the Americas have converged on Glendale looking to gain Major League Rugby contracts. Have you had any uh, any inside information or any news on some players that have turned up, Pete? Well, I mean, not so much. I mean, I think they're just going through this week. I might be heading down tomorrow if I can uh, make it and, and have a look. And, of course, the um, uh, Combine team is playing Glendale um, on Saturday. I think that's free, so people in the Denver area can go out. But I think what's interesting about this for me is it sort of gives you an idea of world rugby strategy. I mean, I think it's really smart. They're paying for this combine. It's not a major league rugby combine per se. It's run by world rugby, but um, the major league rugby teams are there in attendance. And you've got players from Canada, the US, places like Uruguay and Brazil and Chile. And the goal of world rugby is to try and get more and more of these tier two and tier three players in professional environments. Last time we talked about potentially 15 Uruguayan players um, making it uh, being released and coming to Major League Rugby. Um, a number of those are at the Combine. And I think it's just an interesting plan for World Rugby to help support programs like and competitions like Major League Rugby by getting some of these players into the professional environment. I agree, Pete. And you look at the uh, professional league that they're looking to start down in South America, I believe in 2020. Uh, it bodes well for that as well to have the players up here playing. Get that uh, get that higher caliber player up here, especially you see Uruguay have qualified for the World Cup pretty easily, so they've got a chance to sit back and really groom those players for a good run in. So it should be uh, pretty exciting stuff. And that's one of the differences we've seen this year from last year. Another one that we want to get in a little bit more detail from not the commentator Pete Steinberg. I want to talk to the coach Pete Steinberg here is with 12 months in the book, season one gone, one of the big things that internationally was sometimes uh, looked at under the microscope uh, for Major League Rugby was some of the defensive structures. Now, Pete, as a head coach, you've got a year's worth of film. What are some of the adjustments and changes you think will come defensively for year two for the Major League Rugby sides? Yeah, I mean, I think defence, Dan, I think you've made a great point. I think defence is going to be one of the areas that we see significant improvement. Um, Defence is really about two things. It's about structure and work rate. And considering the reduced preseasons that these teams had, um, they didn't get the um, fitness and uh, physical preparation work that they needed to be able to play defence consistently. And they also didn't have the time to build their structures. So, you know, if you think about defence, it's all about getting into position and a lot of it is about getting up off the ground. The modern defence and the way the breakdown's being called 
actually only has one person contesting for the ball in the defense, and that put, puts 14 people on their feet. If you can get them in the right place, it's really difficult to break them down. And so I think defense is going to be a key thing. I think that you're going to see the coaches work, you know, um, preseason starting the end of this month. And what you'll see the is the uh, um, other players really working early on in preseason on their physical preparation. That's when a lot of their physical prep's going to be done. There'll be some technical skills, but they're really going to have a good three months to prepare as opposed to the month they had last year. The second thing I think that we're going to see a lot more of is I think we're going to see a lot more line speed. It wasn't unusual. I mean, it wasn't surprising to see the two best teams that had line speed. That was Seattle and Glendale be the ones that make it to the final. They had great defenses. They were able to put pressure on the ball. And I think that we'll see more of that. And I think that's going to put a lot of pressure on the attack um, and the attacking skills. And I don't think we're going to see the points that we had last year. We're going to see some Northern Hemisphere rugby, you think? A little bash and barge, slow scores, penalty kicks? I I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, there's nothing wrong with that game. And I mean, I think that considering that, you know, the the start time in January, I mean, even if you push back a month um, playing up north, it's going to be some cold, wet conditions that makes attack very difficult. Basically, any um, poor physical... atmospheric conditions whether it's rain or whether it's wind or whether it's like muddy surface is an advantage to the defense and so the fact that there are some teams that play on turf i think those teams will be able to play high high games like seattle and utah but i think the ones that play on grass and and you know um and are playing up north i I think there's going to be some lower scoring games but that doesn't make the game uninteresting it makes it different and um, I think the most important thing for Major League Rugby is not the points. I think the teams still need to be competitive. If, if they can get through a second year without blowouts, that, that'll be impressive. Obviously, with the changes to defense, Pete, teams will be uh, changing their attacking structures as well. How do you think that's going to be implemented? Considering we are going to run into... Well, we had snow week one, Glendale versus Austin, but I think you may see a little bit more of that coming uh, through. Do you think a lot of these teams in the preseason will have multiple uh, attacking systems that they're going to play and considering the conditions that they're going to be looking at? Yeah, I mean, I, I thought some of the teams really had great structures um, them, you know, themselves. I thought uh, NOLA had, had a really wonderful attacking structure. They just weren't able to execute it. So I, I do think that that extra time is going to allow teams to have um, more complex structures. But I think the challenge is going to be the fact that the skills may not be able to execute them. And that's actually what Nola found out last year was that, you know, they weren't, they had great shape, but they weren't always able to execute. And I actually think, and, you know, um, I'm not, uh, it's just sort of one of these things where as a fan, um, I'm not a, I, I don't like it, but as a coach, I loved it. And I think a really developed kicking game, the teams that really have good kick chase, I thought the kick chases were generally poor in the first year. So the ones that can re- really manipulate the back three can find grass and then can, you know, build that wall. I think, I think territory will be more important than it was. Um, I think, you know, and I'm, I'm not a big fan of it, but I just, you know, we're now in professional rugby and, you know, as a national team coach, I was in the same boat. You, you play to win and you play to your strengths and there'll be some teams that look around and say, we don't have the Rooney, 
you know, attacking back line and, and we're, we're going to play a forward-oriented game and we're going to play some territory. Um, and, you know, you've got to play to your strengths. Well, you talk about cold, wet and windy. I think of Chicago straight away. And that's the next stop for some of our Major League Rugby players as the Rugby Weekend is next weekend. I don't think we'll get a chance to catch up before then. So let's just quickly touch on that. Uh, we've got the New Zealand Maori side coming over. Uh, the women will play the Black Ferns first and then Ireland, Italy. We won't even talk about that. doesn't uh, affect any of us or our listeners. But then uh, the Major League Rugby players will be playing last against, uh, like we said, New Zealand Maori. No real surprises in that squad, though, Pete, you think, uh, and in particular with the Major League Rugby players that have been picked. I, I don't think so, although I did see that Luke Hume was recently pulled up, and I, I did manage to catch up with Gary Gold, who was out at the uh, um, Women's Seven World Series spot, and he's excited. But, you know, like most coaches, um, this he would he's frustrated that his professional stars from overseas won't be able to play in that game. It's a game that's um, what's called outside the window, which means it's the weekend before all the international games um, are being played and therefore the professional clubs in Europe are not required to release their players. Um, it's also not a test match, right? So we play the New Zealand Maori, which is really the New Zealand third team. It's any player that has the Maori uh, um, uh, blood in him. And, uh, and, so, and, and so it'll be a very good competition. I, I was there in Philadelphia when we tied them in a, in a tremendous game um, a few years ago. So it'll be a, a great game, but um, it'll be a great opportunity for some of these major stars to be able to step up. Yeah, the interesting one for me when the initial squad was announced, I know they've added some players since then. Not one player in the squad has the chance to earn their first cap. It's uh, everyone in the team has been capped, has experiences coming in a little hardened. So uh, just goes to show, you know, the kind of the the leaps we've made with Major League Rugby and you know players playing professionally overseas that. I mean, it's the first time that I can remember off the top of my head, Pete, maybe you know a little better, but it's the first time that we've gone in with a squad where there's not an uncapped player, uh, whether it be a younger player or an older player getting their shot uh, in the lineup. Yeah, I mean, I I don't remember another time, and I've been around for a while, for 20 years. But what what I will say is that I think that's a product of two things. So first of all, if you remember – uh, we, you know, we didn't used to have the American Rugby Championship in the spring, and um, and, and so we now have the uh, um, all of the American Rugby Championship. We've got players that are able to play through those games. And if you if you think back, and this was a few years ago, um, you know, Mitchell ended up selecting I think forty something players on his first um, uh, ARC. That was the real start of building this squad. And Gary Gold likes to select the same side. He's not someone who's going to be at an experiment. He says, we're going to select the same side, and that's what he's done. So it's exciting to see. I'm excited to see what this team can do throughout the November series. They they leave um, Chicago and, and, and head to the UK and uh, finish up with a great game against Ireland, which is another one to watch. Certainly is, and uh, a player who... I think many feel is a little unlucky not to be included in the squad and a player who certainly made headlines as one of the big transactions in the off-season is young Matt Houston, who's one of the stars at NOLA Gold this past year and 
just a few weeks ago. Many people were quite shocked as their timelines filled up with news that Matt Houston had left NOLA and uh, he joined the revolution in the Northeast and joined the Free Jacks. And Matt joins us now. Matt, how are things up in Boston? You've obviously caught the uh, the baseball fever up there. Beat LA, trending Boston-wide. Well, it looks like we're having some technical difficulties getting Matt on there. So as soon as we can open up his microphone, we'll uh, get him going. But uh, Pete, he is certainly uh, a player to watch here. He is. I mean, I think he's been called the best player not yet to be capped. Um, and so, you know, there's opportunity for him. And he captained the Free Jacks in uh, their game last week uh, against the Ontario Arrows. And, um, you know, so it's exciting to have players like Matt um, be able to move. And I think this movement's a good, a good sign for the league. There's competition for players. Yeah, it certainly is. Uh, that was an exhibition match they had up there against Ontario. And uh, the Arrows, obviously, unofficially, obviously still, looking to build towards this uh, upcoming season. Hello, can you hear me? There he is, Matt Houston. Hey. We had some te- hey, yeah, the, 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 the internet crashing up there as everyone's checking the baseball, the box scores up there. How, uh, how have you been settling into Boston, my man? Good man, I had a, I had a good week. Um, I had a good week up there, and then a good uh, time in Halifax. And I'm actually back in Charlotte right now, back with my wife. Oh, you're a good man. You're a good man. Well, you've obviously caused uh, a little bit of a stir, a good one, uh, I mean, but uh, unexpected one. It definitely caught me by surprise with you leaving Nola. Can you talk us through a little bit of the timeline there, without obviously? You know, keep your details as close to your chest as you like. But talk us a little bit through the timeline of what happened in NOLA, why you decided uh, to to leave, and then how the opportunity with the Free Jacks come about. Oh, I mean, yeah, no, I had a it, I had a great season in NOLA. It's it's a great organization. Um, you know, I uh, I felt like I did my time there, and um, I. You know, heard whispers of maybe there could be an opportunity here or there, and I just wanted to make sure I was had everything, had all my options on, on the board, and you know, and I felt like, you know, I, I got a call from Alex Magleby, and it was an interesting, you know, just start to a preseason. So, you know, um, I'm looking to play the 2019 season. I think there would be some news unfolding here soon, you know, and where I'm going to land up and play, but. uh no, I'm, I mean, I'm, I, you know, I'm looking for, you know, to, to continue to improve on my game and, and to continue to learn as, you know, I am, you know, only three years into playing the, the position flanker, which I think I, you know, have found my spot on the field and uh, feel very natural at it. So um, I'm, I'm looking this next season holds for me. Matt, thanks for joining us. And um, it's exciting to uh, talk to one of the breakout stars of, season one we want to talk to you a little bit about what it's like to play flanker we've got a lot of people that are new to rugby that are just being introduced for major league um to rugby through major league rugby that are our listeners Can you tell us a little bit about sort of one of the what are the key roles that a flanker has in the game of rugby? uh absolutely and i uh, appreciate the kind words um no i i think uh the flanker it's it's a beautiful position because you have the uh you know, everybody talks about the freedom of the role, and it's true. You can really influence the game where where you want, where you want, physically or elusively, 
skill wise. Um, and so that's the, that's a great part about the position, but I think, uh, what a good flanker holds is efficiency and does his role over and over again. And, you know, winning, you know, contact points and scrap balls and, you know, producing turnovers is, you know, making those, you know, what you call like the hard plays and stuff. I think that goes far, far away. And, and you know, good good people, people who understand the game, and good coaches, they they can see that, and uh, and and usually the number seven or six or eight wears that you know spot. And so you know, you you played open side flank at number seven most of the first season. Is is that where you see yourself as a back row forward? And 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 can you give us a little bit of insight about why you think that might be your position? What is it about that position that makes you ideal? <clears throat> Yeah, no, I, um, you know, it was when I went up to uh, play pro rugby and went up to um, Ohio and played with the Aviators. I was uh, came in as a center and played there for about nine years and learned really learned the game there. It was really kind of a thir- um, outside center, but you know they switched me to it. They saw that I was you know very fit and was making all my tackles and you know, getting away, getting around and influencing. And, you know, so it, it was a, it was a perfect fit for me. You know, why I gravitate to it is because, you know, I, you know, I, li- I like to influence the game where I, you know, read the field and fill where there's gaps or, you know, connect the line where we need it, you know, make the hustle plays, you know, when everybody's tired, that's when you, you know, I turn it on and I shine. So, you know, that's what you want from your loose forwards. When when you look back on your first season, what are some of the things that you're going to remember about it? What are some of the things in the inaugural Major League Rugby season that will stay with you that you'll tell your kids 10 years from now? Oh, I mean, I just think the whole process, you know, it's really a blessing. You know, it's, you know, whatever kid, you know, dreams about. And, you know, it's an honor to be a part of these pioneer guys, you know, pay them the road. You know, we're not getting paid much and sacrificing a lot but you know we do it for the love of the game and and to really to inject the the game into this this country you know and and north america and you know canada and as well and so i mean that's the beauty of it you know um you know that's the you know that would be the me- memory to me and and it's just an honor and, and a blessing to you know be talked about as one of the best makers in the league and and so i hope you know maybe i get a day it's, you know, and that would be nice. If not, you know, I'll have these memories and, and feel good about it. Matt, you talked about that, the higher honours, mate. As, as much as we like to downplay those things, really, players, that's what we dream about, wearing our nation's colours. You've yeah, got to have been close. You've been around the squad for a long time. People forget how young you actually are because you've been playing so long. What's next, mate? What's the next step in your game to elevate you to that next level? And, you know, it's it's been, and that's you know, kind of as I'm getting older in my career, and and I, you know, I can tell that you know I don't uh, work for Bank of America, you know, you know, to to and I can tell you know, man, my management, you know, they greatly Bert's not into it. My heart's one way, and my and wife, and you know, what what do I want, you know, for the rest. You know, I have an, or an opportunity more, and I, you know, I give it, you know, a good shot for it. And, you know, you can only just move, you know.
I got you know my head up, and I'm I'm and I'm gonna work hard for it. Come on, Gary. Gary's a big listener. Give him a shot, Gary. What are you doing? <laughs> have you had Have you had conversations um, with Gary Gold and Dave Yeah, Hodgson? yeah, no, yeah. I mean, absolutely. He's Gary's uh, directly, directly. So, you know, I'm just looking looking to improve. You know. Now, for for someone that's a professional athlete, now the idea of sort of you know you were in Nola, your wife's in in Charlotte. Um, you know, you, you now have a contract up in in Boston. Um, how does that work with your family? Is is your wife going to be moving up? Are you going to stay in Charlotte? And actually, have you had any conversations with the Free Jacks about next year? Because Rooney loaned out a number of their players, and is that something that might be happening to you? There, there could be something that works, and I think you know, some news will come out within the next week of you know what my plans are. Um, but you know. I'm I'm really up there to support the Free Jacks and and Alex Magleby and uh, Coach Smith, you know, and and the gang up there. They have a great thing going up there. It was you know it's a pleasure to be even asked to be a part of it. Um, I don't know what the future holds for me. Um, I, you know, for me it's it, I gotta you know I'm just in, enjoying the process and and focusing on what matters you know and that's the now and not think getting it too far ahead of myself and you know and we we don't all don't know how much rugby we have left so you know it's fun and well, I'm actually enjoying the game a lot. Well, Maddie, I love watching you play, mate. Love calling your games. You keep putting your boots on, putting one in front of the other. I'm sure those <laughs> higher honors are going to come real soon, champion. You get some sleep. We know it's late out there on the East Coast. We appreciate you signing in on short notice and helping us out. And uh, we'll be sure to keep an eye out for that news in the next week or so to see where one of the up-and-coming number sevens in the USA rugby will be playing uh, next week. Awesome, man. Cheers, guys. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Matt. What an absolute champion he is, Pete. Cannot wait to see him. And that, uh, for the Free Jacks to come out and get that signing, they've also signed Tig Leader out of San Diego, two, uh, two big names to grab over 12 months away from playing their uh, inaugural game in MLR. Not a bad way to kick things off up there. Absolutely. And this past weekend, Ben Seema was playing fly half for them against the uh, um, Ontario Arrows. So, you know, it's uh, I mean, are they taking both of the fly halves from San Diego? I mean, that's a that's a that's that's pretty tough. Although, you know, Ben Ben has played fullback for the U.S. and I'm sure Tag is pretty first versatile. But they've certainly made a splash. I mean, Alex Magleby is well connected, having been the high performance um, director for USA Rugby the last couple of years. So he'll know who the best players out there are. And I think some of these, um, you know, uh, teams like Rooney. Uh, like Free Jacks um, and like Atlanta, you know, with their relationship with Tiger Rugby. I think these guys are actually going to hit the ground running where some of the other teams that kind of had to scramble to pull teams together um, might, uh, um, you know, they might actually struggle a little bit more because they were really pulling things together with a few weeks to go and didn't have the uh, runway that some of these expansion teams have had. And so they've really been able to construct their squads in a more thoughtful way. Well, it's definitely uh, exciting times coming up and more news coming up for MLR to keep an eye on for the next few weeks. Obviously, where Matt Houston will be next season is a big one. But also, the official announcement of the ninth team 
which is probably the worst kept secret in American rugby at the moment, is coming up. Plus, Pete, you've had uh, had some good mail that the schedule will be out imminently here in the next couple of weeks. That's right. I mean, you can imagine the challenges that 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 you have trying to. Um, make sure that uh, facilities are available for nine teams on the per- on the on the weekend, and of course, you know, with CBS Sports um, and the games being had, there'll be a game of the week on CBS Sports, and them having a, um, you know, they, they'll have some choice about when and where they want those games to be. So uh, the league office has been doing some five dimensional chess, trying to pull that together. But um, uh, we're all excited to see where it goes. And I think, um, you know, we, we, we remember that uh, Nick Benson came on and said, um, I think it's uh, the weekend of January 26th will be the first weekend. So we know that that's true. We also know that teams up north will probably spend the first few weeks heading down south to play. So, um, but, you know, things are, things are happening. Um, you know, preseason games uh, are being announced. Teams are, are signing up. Their preseasons are about to start. I mean, it's honestly, it's tough to keep up. Uh, with everything that's going on, but um, I have to say that the, the uh, and I'm going to give a shout out to the uh, America's Rugby News um, uh, that do an amazing job of of um, following news from all over um, the uh, uh, um, the Americas, and also the uh, podcast. Uh, shout out to another podcast, Earful of Dirt, of our erstwhile pro- producer. Um, Aaron Castro also has some great Major League Rugby news. So um, I think over the next couple of weeks, Dan, we're going to have to be um, checking our feeds, uh, um, you know, uh, staying on top of our podcasts. Uh, We're going to have to be doing a whole bunch of stuff. And of course, people, please go ahead uh, and subscribe to us and and leave reviews, whether it's on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your iPods. The more people that leave reviews, the more people find our podcasts and the more we can spread the word of Major League Rugby. Absolutely. Well said, Pete. The multi-talented Aaron Castro as well and his... uh... Mary, uh, Mary, gang of goons over there at Earful of Dirt getting it done. And then Brian Ray, what a champion he is up at America's Rugby News. He has got me through more than a few binds uh, in calling some of the international matches over the years as well. So that should wrap us up for this episode, Pete. Uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks, hopefully with some news on the schedule. The ninth team announced and the big Matt Houston decision. Let's see if he does it LeBron James style, uh, one-on-one. Uh, probably not his style, but we'll find out in a couple of weeks. You enjoy Chicago with uh, the wife and uh, the young girl up there. Bundle up, be warm, and enjoy, hopefully, two USA victories. Absolutely, Dan. Excited to um, watch the US women in a tough matchup against the Black Ferns. Seeing some of the players that I uh, coached for many years step out in Soldier Field is going to be exciting. And of course, watching our Major League Rugby stars step up against some of the best players from New Zealand. It's going to be a great weekend. If you can make it, I encourage people to go. And um, we will. Uh, I'll see you in a couple of weeks, Dan. Sounds good. That's a wrap, folks. For Aaron Castro, our producer. For my co-host, Pete Steinberg, I'm Dan Power. Until next time.